Fred Rotondero is a member of the Patriotic Millionaires. He was a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress from 2003 to 2015, and he focused on poverty and inequality. Currently, he is chair of the Board of Catholics and Alliance for the Common Good. More than a pleasure to have him with us. Hi, Fred. Good afternoon. May I call you Fred? I wish you would. Okay, great. Great pleasure for me to be here. Oh, and, and it's a great honor to have uh, you with us. Um, the Patriotic Millionaires support many uh, causes and have been uh, very vocal. And it's advantageous because all you rich guys and gals, all those mostly guys I know in the Patriotic Millionaire group, uh, you really don't have to do that. I mean, you could remain silent. You could write checks and remain anonymous. And I think it's great that you spend the time because that's one thing Bill Gates said that his money couldn't buy was more of, and that is time. Um, now, at the Patriotic Millionaires, Fred, where you are a member, um, there is support, great support for raising the minimum wage. Of yes. course, uh, California, the state that I live in right now, even though I don't hail from here uh, originally, has passed a bill that will mandate a statewide minimum wage of $15 by 2022. And the state of New York also plans to enact similar legislation as part of their budget for uh, this year. Uh, can you talk to us as somebody who's made and maybe still makes a lot of money, Fred, that you could be in a M millionaire category as part of the Patriotic Millionaires? Why is this a necessity for the American economy? Leslie, I think there are two reasons for it. One is economic. Uh, the other is moral. Uh, I think in a nation like ours, where we have such great wealth, where we have uh, such power, that uh, to have 46 million Americans living in poverty, to have something like uh, uh, one out of every five kids under the age of 18 uh, living in poverty without enough food, I think, I think this is a moral disgrace. Importantly, uh, there are economists, um, uh, the Roosevelt Institute, for instance, estimates that if the minimum wage were raised to 12% over the course of the next couple of years, something like 4 million people would be lifted out of poverty. And of the 46 million people I just mentioned who are in poverty, approximately 10 to 11 million of those um, are working full-time. This, to me is lunacy. This, to me, is not why my uh, ancestors uh, left the little villages of Italy uh, to come here to the United States. So there's a moral reason for it. Secondly, and some economists have, have been talking about this, and I think they're right, uh, if all of the money goes, as it now does, to the very, very rich, to the top one-tenth of one percent, to the one percent, to the top ten percent, there's no money out there circulating. Uh, people who are living at the, that grassroots level, they get a little bit of extra money, they're going to spend it. It's going to be spent in the economy. It's going to be spent for their kids. They're not going to be stashing it in tax havens anyplace. So I think that is something that can really keep the economy going, as well as doing something morally correct for fellow Americans who just deserve a break. You know, Fred, you and I are going to get along great because when I argue as a liberal Democrat on Fox News Channel with conservatives uh, nearly every day, and even here on the radio show or, you know, privately or on some political panel, I will use that line uh, that you just uh, used, which is, you know, look, look what happened when we, you know, gave uh, tax breaks to the rich. And that's exactly what they did. They invested in, you know, they, they didn't invest in America and the economy. They, they put their money and invested in different economic gains for themselves. <laughs> 
exactly. overseas. So, I mean, it's funny when you said that. I was like, oh, my God, Fred, uh, Fred's taken a, a, a sentence from my uh, spiel. Uh, I but let, let, heard you subconsciously and stole it, which I'm perfectly <laughs> willing to do when I hear a good line. Oh, maybe I stole it from you, Fred. Maybe I stole it I from you. It. Uh, I I Why is it? That this is broken down between left and right, Democrat and Republican, liberals and conservatives, because this really isn't a political issue. This is an economic issue. And both Republicans and Democrats like a robust economy in any business owner, regardless of their political affiliation and whether they're in the top one percent, two percent or just in the middle. They all will benefit if we have a robust economy and people have more money to spend. That, that's common sense. That's a two plus two equals four model economically. I, I think you're exactly right, but not everybody is thinking along the lines that you are and that I am. Uh, you've got people in our economy who are look. Who, let's put it. Let's put it bluntly. There's an, there's an amount of greed in our economy that is absolutely overwhelming and that is shocking. Uh, most of our money, my money, my wife's money, we're invested in the stock market. The last 20 years have, by and large, been pretty good for us. CEOs have seen their salaries go up from about $1 million in 1980 to about uh, $14 million now. Uh, Wall Street wages have, according to Bloomberg News yesterday, doubled in the last 25 years. Workers have been stagnant. They've been going absolutely nowhere. Blue-collar Americans are, are going nowhere. Their salaries just don't rise. And I think the reason for this is greed. Uh, and I think the reason for people objecting to raising the, economic, uh, raising the minimum wage is greed. I think you get companies, uh, corporations, that are in a position where if their factory or their company isn't working well, they can move overseas. They'll probably even get a tax break for doing it. They've gotten it for years. Uh, industrialization, mechanization has come in. Uh, labor unions are much weaker than they ever were. And very frankly, uh, I think, I, I hope none of your listeners get too upset, but I think about 98% of Republicans really don't give a damn about working men and women. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I think a lot of Democrats don't want to go to the wall to protect working men and women. So you've got people at the lower end of the spectrum who are, to put it bluntly, in a position where companies, where their employers can do pretty much what they want because they can always move the jobs elsewhere and they will be protected politically to a large degree because of the amount of money they give, uh, mostly to the Republican Party, but not totally. We're going to take a break. Uh, as you heard, Fred Rotondaro is a member of the Patriotic Millionaires, and he's talking about uh, minimum wage, raising minimum wage, as they have in California, planned to in New York, and why this is good for the American economy, for the American business person, but he also added an element of morality. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Fred. Pick up the phone and join us. You have questions. You have comments. You're a small business owner. Maybe you're a large business owner, or maybe you're one of those people that would benefit from that wage increase. We've had some tweets we'll share as well. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Uh, follow our great guest at Papa Raspa, P-A-P-A-R-A-S-P-A. Love that. And the website for Patriotic Millionaires, 
Go to patrioticmillionaires.org, find out what they're about, and find out all the great men and women who comprise that organization. And don't just write checks, but they take their time for causes that they believe in. You know, my favorite quote is, to whom much is given, much is expected. Fred and these other people at this great organization, Patriotic Millionaires, exemplify that, and I admire that. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with our guest and you right after this. Tindaro. Fred is a member of the Patriotic Millionaires, senior fellow formerly at the Center for American Progress from 2003 to 2015. He focused on poverty and inequality and currently chairs the board of Catholics and Alliance for the Common Good. Fred, thank you for holding uh, welcome back. When My we pleasure. When we look at, and you talk about morality, and I know sometimes people might feel that morality and politics are oxymoronic to have in the same sentence or heck, even the same paragraph, but um, as a nation... Um, I do feel that we have a responsibility to care for those that can't care for themselves. And it, and it makes me sick. It made me sick to my stomach when I saw workers at Walmart having a food drive for themselves because they couldn't feed their families on the low minimum wage that they were getting in that organization in the state or states that they were working in. That, like you talk about, it doesn't make sense when productivity is increased Profits have increased. CEOs' bank accounts have increased so that they can have more elevators for their cars. And, you know, co- you know, common men and women, working class men and women, the majority of this country, the middle class, can't feed their families. Yeah, you've, you've nailed a very important point. Uh, the, Walton, the Walton family has a combined family uh, assets more than the bottom 90 million Americans. You know, that's ludicrous. And the way they do it is pay very, very low prices, uh, pay very low salaries to their people. They're hardly the only uh, company that does this. And, and as I mentioned, I think companies can do this because they get away with it. Uh, and they do have a lot of factors, including globalization, on their side. And very frankly, they have pretty well bought off the political classes. I think it was Fortune magazine uh, where I read the uh, statistic that in 2014, uh, big American corporations spent $2.6 billion lobbying politicians. American labor, they spent around 50 to $52 million. So you're a politician. What's your first goal in life? You want to get reelected or you want to get elected. What you're going to do is you're going to give in to those corporations, to the, that, that percentage of the 1% that can give you the money to go out and buy airtime and get elected. And the result is that, Ameri- that American workers have, may I use the word getting screwed over the course of the last You just did, Fred, and beautifully. I just did. <laughs> if I'm not allowed to, take it back. But basically <laughs> that's what's happened. It is, it is so sad, and it is so, so in opposition Talk to us about the impact that California will see, New York will yeah. see, and you know, a- a- any state 
that makes the decision to increase their minimum wage. And what we're looking for is a $15 statewide minimum wage, which is the increase, uh, you know, in California being proposed in New York and, and what is being requested, even demanded by many minimum wage workers. Yeah, uh, I think the impact is going to be, as I, as I mentioned before, a lot of people are going to be getting out of, are going to be able to get out of poverty. Uh, my son, right after college, went to work for a pizza joint. Uh, he wanted to learn how to make pizza. Uh, he was the only Italian-American in this Italian pizza place. All of the other kitchen workers were uh, uh, Latinos. Most of them were working two jobs just to survive. Uh, the increasing the minimum wage, increasing the minimum wage in the United States, I think is also going to have an impact on increasing the wages just above the minimum wage. It's going to help workers in factories and corporations. And very, very importantly, and this may seem very far-fetched, but in the last six weeks, I have seen two separate reports, and Leslie, you may have seen them as well, and they were about the fact that middle-aged white men and women, don't ask me why this is, uh, this is uh, restricted to white men and women, are dying at a faster rate than uh, men and women uh, of their same age in other, industri- in other industrial countries. And the man who first really centered like a laser on this is the 2015 uh, economics Nobel laureate August Deaton, or Angus Deaton, I'm sorry, of Princeton, who said this is due to anxiety. This is due to the fact they don't know where their next meal is coming from. They don't know how they can't plan for the future. Uh, they get diabetes. They drink yep, a little yep. bit too much. And there are a lot of suicides. And you know, it just and Fred, it just goes all all the way around. I mean, you're talking about health. The health of a nation can, like you say, be tied into the wealth of a nation. Um, if you can pay your bills, you sleep better. It shows sleep deprivation greatly affects uh, our health uh, in the long run, definitely. And you know, in addition to that, you have more money. Um, you know, may, maybe you can buy more of those books for your kid or that computer, or send them maybe to that school that's you know that you know the, uh, exactly. the 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 Christian school down the street or whatever. Yeah, there's nothing but benefits all the way around. It benefits the economy. It benefits the business owner. It benefits the worker. And and you know, Fred, I'm sure you've had employees many years in in your life. Uh, A a happy worker is a more productive worker. And certainly a healthier worker isn't going to miss as much time out of work. You've really hit it. I, I, I use, sometimes when I, when I talk, give speeches, I use my own life as an example. My father was an immigrant from Italy, came over with his family, into the coal mines of Pennsylvania at the age of 11. Some 42, 43 years later, Pop, together with a bunch of other miners, the Susquehanna River caved in on them. Twelve men died. Their bodies were never found. Uh, Pop and the others, 25, wandered around in the dark for about 10 hours. I was a junior in college at the time. I figured, I'm out of here. i, I got to go make some money, help support the family. But, but a, a state legislator had introduced black lung pension. Pop, like all the miners, had black lung. Uh, we got enough money so that Pop and Mom were able to live out their lives in some degree of comfort. I was able to finish my college. My Uncle Fred went off right out of high school to the Pacific with the Marines in World War II. They gave him a college education. The 
people in that immigrant family are now they're in Africa working in AIDS clinics. They're rebuilding a village in, Af- in, in Africa. They're teachers. They're doctors. We are giving back. And what I think we're doing now, by we, I mean the country, we're taking away from people who have a lot to give, but we're not giving them the opportunity to develop those talents. I was given the opportunity to develop my talents. So were my cousins. Now my kids are doing, I like to think, very productive things. Uh, Their kids will be doing productive things. But if you look at an immigrant or you look at a poor person and you say um, they've got nothing to offer, which is what we're doing, which is what we're doing in this country, you are not only stopping their potential, you're hurting what could be a great gift to come to this United States in 10 years or 20 or 30 years. Let's take some calls. 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543, starting it out in Georgia on line two with Reggie. Reggie, question or comment for our guest, Mr. Fred Rotondaro. Well, happy, happy Tuesday to you too, Leslie Marshall, and to your guest Fred as well. Uh, I would just like to know why are some, not all, but some multi-million or billionaires like or such as Donald J. Trump are against this while others are supporting it? Okay, so why are there different opinions among the top 1% or 2%, Fred? Uh, I, to begin with, I think patriotic millionaires is pretty much of a, uh, of a minority. Uh, most people really do like to keep on making money, even if they don't need it. Uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, oh, about four or five years ago, uh, knew what I was doing. I was working in poverty programs, and he looked at me very seriously and said, why is somebody in your tax bracket doing what you're doing? In my case, and I think in the case of patriotic millionaires, we're doing it for a, mora- for a reason of morality, but also because I want my country to be strong. And I think by some of us doing this now, we're making the country better and stronger for my grandkids, if nothing else. So I've got kind of a selfish motive for doing it. I wish more would do it, but the caller has a very good question. Very, very good question indeed. Fred, when you talk about greed and, and on the tails, the coattails of that question and your response, mm-hmm. do you think a lot of those people, since I agree the patriotic millionaires are in the minority of the you know uh, wealthiest people in this country, do you feel the wealthiest people in this country aren't worrying about their grandchildren like you but are living in the now and that ties into the greed is – you know, I'm living for today, I want it now, I want as much as I can get now, and not looking long-term at their company or long-term at their employees as people and not numbers. I, I think you're right. I, I don't think they're looking long-term at their company or their employees. They may very well be looking long-term at their kids, but they're all in a position to establish trust funds. They're all in a position to make sure their kids never have to worry about the uh, never have to worry about where the next meal is going to come from we are sadly becoming two nations a nation of the very rich and a nation of the rest of us uh, the middle class the lower middle class uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the issues we've been uh, fighting at patriotic millionaires is the issue of uh, the carried interest loophole and you know the carried interest loophole allows uh, uh, managers of money, hedge fund managers, to collect 2%, and then they get 20% on top of that of any increase, of any increase in money. Uh, some of the, and, and by the way, they're taxed at capital gains level. 
So a mutual, excuse me, so a hedge fund manager making a billion dollars a year, and there are a number making that amount, is taxed for most of that income at 15%. To me, that is incredibly short-sighted. Uh, I read a statistic somewhere that said uh, that the top earning 25 hedge fund managers in this country earn more, and, and taking into account uh, the carried interest, that they earn more income, those top 25 people, than all the kindergarten teachers in the entire 50 states. Wow. In- incredible. What, what it, I, it is. What I don't understand, I'm a very small business owner, but, you know, I know that by uh, treating my employees well, we, you know, especially in small business, we become like a family. We scratch each other's backs. We're there for each other. We have each other's backs. We help each other. And that makes the product uh, even better and even stronger. Without the workers, these uh, corporate CEOs wouldn't have the lives that they have because it's the hard work of these individuals who are not being paid a fair wage, a livable working wage. Let me ask you, Fred, what do you think the worker can do and should do to bring about the change that not only is needed but that they desire? Well, one of the things I'd like to see is both parties. I don't think it's going to happen with the Republicans, but I hope the Democrats start supporting labor unions in a much stronger way than they used to. I think this will help. Uh, I think uh, workers that are not organized uh, simply are not in a position to do very very much good. Uh, Workers have got to get much more politically active than they are. And very frankly, I I think they have to look at what these politicians are telling them. I notice now, we all notice now, that... uh, uh, Donald Trump is getting a lot of blue-collar support. Yep. very good friend of mine, uh, a nun who works with uh, the working community with low-income people, says, and she's not endorsing this, but she says, Fred, the workers look upon Donald Trump as somebody who will fight for them. I yeah. think they look upon Bernie Sanders in the same way. Uh, so I think workers have... Uh, I think workers have have got they've got to organize. Uh, you know who 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 was that? The famous labor union organizer Joe Hill in 1905. He was uh, going to be hung for a crime he didn't commit. And supposedly the apocryphal story is that uh, as he was going to his death, he yelled out, "Don't mourn, organize." <laughs> and I think that unless the the labor union organizes and pushes back, pushes back. That's tough. Uh, there was one time uh, when the Catholic Church was very helpful, but then uh, they fought on the side of laboring people in America. But then they got so wrapped up in issues of sex and abortion that nothing else mattered. Uh, that's starting to change now, I'm very happy to say, with Pope Francis. Most definitely. I want to read you a couple of tweets here, Fred. Uh, Howard says, state-mandated wages for employment associations are the same as state-mandated sexes for marriage associations. And Wendy tweets, raising a minimum wage to $15 an hour will make me quit my highly skilled job to go work at Wendy's. I would only make $2 an hour less. Any brief uh, comment on those tweets? <laughs> uh, no, they both they both have me kind of laughing. I think both of those uh, cases are, with due respect, 
rather simplifying a very complex situation. Oh, okay. And yeah. and Gary says raise the minimum wage to twenty five bucks an hour and the maximum wage to twenty five bucks an hour. Space shuttle tweets. I don't want to pay twenty five bucks for a burger. I live in Middle America. <laughs> Somehow I don't see those burgers at McDonald's going for twenty five bucks. The, the, the McDonald's CEO. These guys are making tens of millions of dollars. Uh, the corporate corporations in America have done a brilliant job of convincing the rest of us that they are do that they are incredibly efficient, that it's the labor unions that are at fault. They're doing a great job. And by the way, any increase in their expenses has to be passed on to the consumer. It doesn't. All it right. doesn't Fred, have to be passed you're on. De- you're delightful. Can we have a second date? I would love to have a second date. Okay, I would love uh, yeah, you paying? You have more money than me. Yeah, I'll fly to Los Angeles and have a late afternoon martini. I'm much better under those circumstances. Okay, I, I want Belvedere vodka, extra dirty, extra olives. <laughs> You're my kind of woman. Okay, thank you, Fred. Uh, Fred Rotondaro has been our guest, a member of the Patriotic Millionaires. He was a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress, now chairing the board of Catholics and Alliance for the Common Good. This is guy's money and morality together. I, I like him. Follow him on Twitter at Papa Raspa, P-A-P-A-R-A-S. PA and check out the patrioticmillionaires.org. They don't ask for your money. They don't need it. They don't want it. They want you to make more money. And they want you to be treated fairly as workers in America. Who can argue with that? They say raise the minimum wage. I agree. I know many of you do. 